Because complications from unsafe or illegal abortions are vastly underreported, it's hard to know how many women died of such complications before the Supreme Court's decision in Roe v. Wade. But some physicians who were practicing in the pre-Roe era report regularly seeing severe illnesses and deaths caused by a range of methods thought to induce abortion. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Michael Baden, a forensic pathologist. Dr. Baden is quoted in a perspective article by Lisa Rosenbaum on morbidity and mortality in the era before Roe v. Wade. Dr. Baden, you worked in the New York City Medical Examiner's Office before abortion was legalized. Can you tell us what kinds of deaths you saw that were related to attempted pregnancy terminations? We would see about 20 deaths a year in the five boroughs of New York City of persons dying from attempted abortion, most illegal. Most were infectious complications. We had figured out at one time in the 60s and early 70s that for everyone who died, there were about 100 individuals who went to the various city hospitals who survived. And that's because of the antibiotics that had come in to New York City after World War II. Before World War II, there were many times that number of deaths from illegal abortions before the antibiotic era came to civilian use. We would see largely persons dying from infections that came into the medical examiner's office three or four days after the attempt to insert various devices to get the uterus to start contraction and expel the fetus. And sometimes they would die outside the hospital, stay at home and not get to a hospital. But many of the times they get to a hospital too late for treatment. We would see persons who died during the procedure. Often they were like deaths that involved placing various liquids into the vagina in an attempt to get a contraction started. One of the popular things in New York City was soap suds and enemas where they tried to stick the enema tube into the cervix, and they used soap because they thought soap was sterile. And the deaths would occur often from air embolisms that were mixed into the enemas that were attempted, and those deaths would occur during the procedure where there would usually be an airlock in the right ventricle preventing blood flow. Sometimes some of the air bubbles would get through and cause brain damage in particular. But the people who died had families who would come in. It was a very trying thing because these were always young women, usually, almost always, from poor minority households because if you had enough money, there were plenty of ways to get proper abortions from doctors in hospitals in New York or to go to Puerto Rico or go to some other area where abortions were legal if you had enough money to do that. So it was a very trying and pathetic time. The kinds of things that were used to stimulate contraction would have been hanger wires were common because people had that and they could slip that through the cervix more easily than a thicker device. Knitting needles were used and even blowing into the vagina because there was a feeling that one could stimulate contractions that way. And unfortunately, that also would cause an air embolism because if the blowing of the air through the cervix got into the venous blood supply in the uterus, that would again create a uh, air embolism. The article also talks about women who survived, sometimes with uterine necrosis, renal failure, resulting from chemical abortions. 
What kinds of long-term complications did physicians see among women who actually lived through these unsafe abortions? The persons who didn't die were still at risk in the hospitals despite an antibiotic treatment. They can have permanent uterine abnormalities, scarring of the uterus, inability to have children later on, and especially if chemicals were used. And again, the kinds of chemicals that were used were kind of scary because they were by word of mouth. A friend said, I use potassium permanganate. For some reason or others, that was one of the commoner chemicals that we use that itself can cause bad harm and would leave a purple discoloration that would be very readily apparent when we did the examination. And the various chemicals, including some use of household products containing sodium hydroxide, and the injuries would be very significant in scarring the uterus in injuring the ovaries so that some young lady who had an unexpected pregnancy and took it upon herself, often single girls, young girls who got involved with a boy who then would take off. But there were also women who had some children, and this is a sadness too, that they couldn't afford to raise another child. They were having difficulties. They couldn't get a legal abortion and they would try to get some other means of abortions, do it themselves, have somebody do it who messed things up uh, as far as further reproduction, and families who might have wanted to have more children later on when their financial situation improved, who no longer could have children because of the injury to the uterus, cervix, and ovaries. You note in the article that with very rare exceptions, Deaths due to unsafe abortions stopped when abortion was legalized in the United States. Has there been an increase in morbidity or mortality in states that now have made it increasingly difficult to gain access to abortion? It will be very hard to get that kind of data. I'm not aware of the data, but what's interesting is the number in general across the United States is less than one death per 100,000 legal abortions. One death, this figure given is 0.7 deaths per 100,000 legal abortions. And there are 26 deaths from 100,000 live births. The United States is terrible about the number, the high number of maternal mortality there is in the normal birthing process. We should improve that. We have to improve it for various reasons, for hemorrhages and other things. The United States ranks way low in the world about the number of women who die during normal pregnancy. Yet with uh, legal abortion, it's less than one per 100,000. It's a much safer procedure than carrying out the entire pregnancy. And in that way, since 1973, since legal abortions, that has been an amazing help to women rather than do illegal abortions or even carry an unwanted pregnancy to term and the chances of dying from that are much higher than if they had a legal abortion. If Roe is overturned or substantially weakened, do you think the existence today of medication abortion would change the kinds of complications that physicians would see? I think there'd be perhaps less deaths than prior to Roe, but still the inability of women to have control of their body, to have children when they're ready for children, because what we see as medical examiners is the kinds of poverty children, the unwanted children who get into all kinds of legal troubles, much more so than children who are wanted to a family. When I was born in the 1930s, the United States had 122 million people. 
we now have 327 million people. The number of abortion deaths, illegal abortion deaths in the 1930s, going back over the old medical records in New York, there were 2,700 deaths in the United States from illegal abortions in the 30s. That number came way down before Roe because of the antibiotics that came into use after World War II. So it came way down. But still, and today, legal abortions are less than one in 100,000. But if it weren't legal, we'd have an increase, certainly a big increase in abortion deaths. The huge number of people who become infertile because of illegal abortions who survive the infections will increase greatly. And again, the people who have money will be able to go to the better states, they'll be able to go out of town, able to get prompt attention. When New York City began after row to do abortions, people came for many hundreds of miles to New York City to have a legal abortion. And by the time they get there, there's an increase in complications and deaths, both because delay in treatment. With prompt treatment, legal abortions are extremely safe with any obstacle that's put in front of it increases the danger of death and more so of chronic infertility. So finally, what do you say to physicians and others who haven't seen what the pre-Roe era looked like and don't consider abortion to be a major health issue? I would say not only do these poor women go through a terrible physical the families would come in to identify their dead daughter and indicate how much pain and suffering the girl was in from the infections, large infections that occurred, not knowing that there's necessarily legal abortion. All they knew is the daughter was pregnant and now she was feeling sick. The pain of just going to a hospital and even getting cured by antibiotics created a great deal of pain. An awful lot of medical attention paid to these women who were mostly young and healthy with a severe infection created a lot of medical assistance needed, and the mental and physical agonies of the woman and the woman's family was just something that would make an old medical examiner who's seen a lot of them have tears come to his eyes because it's an unnecessary infliction of pain on people. And the sadness is when poor people can't have abortions and have babies, the interest in the new baby is a very little matter to most people. There's a great deal that they should not have an abortion, but once the baby is born, they get very little help and very little ability to care for the children, and that in itself can lead to all kinds of later problems in society with children who grow up unwanted, but we never keep track of those things. Thank you, Dr. Biden.